Hi, my name is Aaron Hodges, host and producer of The Monkey Business Show. And I know almost nothing about investing. Fortunately, the stars of the show, Eric Salzman and Richie Bennett, have spent their careers in the weeds of Wall Street, and they want to pass some of their knowledge on to you. Maybe I'll even learn something. On today's episode, we're talking to comedian Brett Raybould. Fresh off releasing his hour-long special on YouTube, Brett Raybould retires from comedy. He comes in hot, Shark Tank style, with a pitch for Richie and Eric. Brett is seeking to become the world's first ever publicly traded comedian. He even created his own trading platform. Is it a bit? Is it real? I'm still not really sure, but it is funny. If you enjoy the show, thank you so much for listening. And please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Welcome, everybody, to the Monkey Business Show. It is Thursday, November 5th, and we are still awaiting the official results of the presidential election, which, you know, moves markets and has ramifications for a lot of things. My name is Aaron Hodges. I'm hosting this thing, anchoring this thing, along with Eric Salzman and Richie Bennett, stars of the monkey business. What do you think is going to happen? Let's start with Eric. What's going to happen with the presidential election? What does that mean for the stock market? Well, what's interesting, uh, Aaron, is last or when we were here last, you asked about you know, like what does the stock market reflect necessarily the well-being of the people in the country? And the answer, and we said, you know, it depends. And a lot of times it, it doesn't. Um, Is that your dog? <laughs> try, try to get some last minute. Uh, what's going on? Put him in a cage, baby. Let's go. He, Come he, on, did, he disagreed. <laughs> what's, the, what's the dog's name, Richard? Do you know? Let's ask him for some analysis. Doug's a Trump guy. <laughs> <laughs> Stop the vote. <laughs> yelling, shut up. Shut up. While Eric's doing his obedience training, what do you think is going to happen? Put a muzzle That's in. The one thing I forgot to do is put the dog, <laughs> the dog one. Uh, that's what's going to happen. Um, so, <laughs> so back to that. We, um, what happened yesterday and it's continuing today is the market, stock market is just exploding upward. It's doing great. Oh, yeah? And, yeah, now why is the stock market doing great? Well, it, because the market is now pricing in that you're, gonna, you're probably going to have a Democratic president, but with a Republican Senate, gridlock. Nothing will get done. Nothing, right? So who popped up 10% yesterday were all the big pharmaceutical companies and all the big health care companies because – they were worried with the blue wave that you'd have a Democratic president, a Democratic Congress, and they were going to do there was there was actually a, a plan in place to uh, to use Medicare to basically index drug prices to, hey, you know, if, if you if you charge, uh, you know, for this drug over in England this much, you can't be charging 300 percent more over here. So they were talking about actually doing that. Now, that, that would have been on the, the Democratic agenda. But now that there's a gridlock, that's gone. So those stocks uh, went sky high yesterday. We also had in the healthcare stocks is too. Big tech like uh, Facebook, boom, up like eight nine percent yesterday because again they feel that they're you know 
it'll be gridlock and they won't be able to agree on anything. So no legislation, you know, got kind of governing those guys, the Facebooks and the Googles of the world uh, war. So they, they exploded up. And um, what really got hit yesterday, and this is the other part, you know, we're all waiting for a stimulus package, waiting for something to help us because we've got, you know, so many people are unemployed and the evictions are starting and repossessions are starting and people don't have health care. And to show you how uh, the markets behave is because they think that now there won't be a big stimulus package, like a you know, $3 trillion package that we need because you got gridlock. The bond market went wild. The bond, the treasury market went crazy, meaning bond prices rallied too because now there won't be this big stimulus package, so we won't be spending all this money, which means we won't be borrowing all this money. So you had euphoria yesterday in both the stock market and in the bond market because, again, things that really go against most people's interests are good news for the stocks and good news for, for interest rates. Interesting. Um, we are going to have a guest pop in here in a second, but Richie, I want to give you a chance to add yeah. anything or subtract anything that, that you think he said, and then give us uh, a couple specific stocks to yeah. look into sure. in this aftermath. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Eric's right. This is what's going on, you know, and people would have thought, Oh my, there's, there's, there's uncertainty still, right? Cause Trump's out there, going to sue and has already sued in certain states. But I think what the market's telling you is he's got a long uphill battle, somewhat uphill battle. But I think it was the blue wave that was everybody was expecting that didn't materialize. And everybody kind of like on on Wall Street, every everyone kind of like breathed a sigh of relief and said, OK, we can buy everything now because of this gridlock. So I've been looking at some stuff over the last couple of days, as I do. And one of the ones, due to this gridlock, one of the stocks that I might take a shot at is the old Sally May, SLM. Ooh. Why is that? Why is that? Because if it was a blue wave, there was going to be a lot of talk. Remember Bernie Sanders in the beginning, his big thing was we are going to forgive all student loans, right? Every student doesn't have to pay back. Well, guess what? It's not happening. What does Sally May do? They produce student loans, so they're going to get their money back some way, somehow. So that stock has definitely moved up in the last 48 hours, for sure, because of that. And I think it continues. You know, they like to call Mitch McConnell Mitch the Knife, right? They think that Mitch is going to now come out. And before, every when the president was a Republican, he was like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll get some stimulus through, blah, blah, blah. Now I think it's going to be like, uh, we have to conserve our money. You know, that is bad. So all these big packages that the, that the blue wave was going to produce are going to go away. Now, a couple of things might happen, though, where they do get some agenda through, right? You're going to have, if it, if it is Biden, you're going to have two-thirds of the, of the branches controlled by Democrats. They might be able to get it. And you probably can get some people on board with some of this alternative energy stuff, wind power, solar power, what have you. Well, right in my backyard in the state of Florida, is a company called Next Era Energy, which is actually the parent company of Florida Power and Light, which produces my electricity bills. NEE is the ticker, Nancy Edward Edward. And those guys are like way advanced in terms of solar and wind power. And you, it's not shocking that they're in Florida where you can really have solar power. I think it's a little tougher in the Northeast, 
but you see this thing popping around and and as far as utilities go even though it's a utility company those are usually like looked upon as boring these are kind of like the new wave guys and they're like always uh on the cutting edge of of you know new stuff they're not afraid to try new stuff in addition to doing the regular old electricity you know by older you know coal burning or what have you they're trying to mesh both so that's probably a good one but finally i couldn't believe this but since 1900 okay they went back as far as 1900 it has never happened ever where the president was a democrat the senate was republican and the house was democrat never it's happened the other way once during young George Bush's tenure, he was the president, controlled the House with the Republicans, and the Senate was Democrat. You want to know what happened there in the two years that was going on? The Dow Jones went down 20 percent and the Nasdaq went down 50 percent. So some of our people who are listening to this, wherever you are, hold the wheel right now, put the drink down, sit down today to celebrate that event of Democrat president, if it's going to be, which it looks like right now, Republican Senate and Democratic House. Mm-hmm. I took a big bet Uh-oh. to short Tesla. Tesla's going down, down the tubes. All right, hold on. Everybody. You said, you said what are you, you talking about? That. You said you never did that before. I, thought I did were, today. I thought you were a man of principle, Richie. Yeah, I, that principle just went away. What in the world? You're betting against the youth of America. I am. I am. And oh electricity, electric cars. Good yeah. Lord. Hey, to summarize, so it seems like what is bad for 98% of the population is good for the other 2% or 1% right now. Like, you know, we God, God forbid we forgive student loans or take that off people's backs. God forbid we actually have real health care and regulate freaking drug prices and, you know, like, all that's going away. But so so again, the, the stock market's going up, but it's probably shitty for most people. Right. But there is one thing, though. There is one thing. And that is that if, if there is a President Biden, then there's a lot of executive orders out there. Remember all of Obama's executive orders that, that Bush, I'm sorry, Bush, uh, Trump turned around and all the additional executive orders that Trump issued really he gutted the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. That was what Liz Warren started. And that, that's what really kind of helps regulate, you know, the finance companies and what they can do to you and, you know, and, and what they have to disclose. Trump wiped that thing out. And I'm assuming one of the first things a President Biden would do is to start putting that back in, in power, it, it, putting it back in force again. And also, it, it, there's a lot of different orders that he gave concerning the environment, um, financial regulation energy, things like that. So, and also you're now going to have a, uh, if you have a democratic president, you're going to have the Democrats who control the department of justice again, that means probably more antitrust legislation. So one thing I would say to the people that are going crazy that face with Facebook and everything that this is going to be gridlock is there ain't going to be gridlock at the department of justice like that. You you don't need a Senator or a, a, a Congressman for that. You got the Department of Justice, and if they and if Biden decides to go after these guys, he will. Yeah, um, that does seem so, like something that would shake things up, right? So, and the the last piece is even regarding gridlock. Is this now? Let's say you have Joe Biden, and you've got Mitch McConnell. 
they've been in the Senate longer than you've been alive there, right? They, they've at least four decades, right? These guys, I don't know if they're friends. I'm sure they're friendly. I'm sure they know each other. They're going to start horse trading. And this is what I think. I think that what Biden has in his pocket is he's got all these executive orders, right? He could take all these executive orders that Trump did that was re- really, you know, were, were good for Repub- Republican causes. And he's going to tell McConnell, look, Mitch, pick three that you want me to not not overturn in the next two years. Give me this, whether it's stimulus, whether it's something. I think that those two will actually horse trade and Washington will not be anywhere near. Because remember, Obama didn't do that. Like Obama just didn't want to get in there and play the game. Biden lives the game. McConnell lives the game. He'll sit down over a scotch or, I'm sorry, for McConnell bourbon. Because it's <laughs> and they're going to figure some shit out. So I think this euphoria over gridlock is also, I, I think it's somewhat short-lived. But that's yeah. that's kind of, the, the summary is, again, what's what's bad for America is usually good for the stock market. They may also want to eat some oatmeal. They are both very old and brittle. <laughs> it doesn't look good. doesn't oatmeal. look good for both of them. So. No. Have a little oatmeal, a little scotch, a little bourbon. We'll be all right. So buy, we're going to buy whiskey stocks and we're going to buy uh, <laughs> uh, cereal makers, man. I think Quaker Quaker whiskey stocks are always safe, right? Yeah, pretty much. Gun, uh, gun stocks, too. <laughs> well, gentlemen, we're going to get into our first ever guest here on the Monkey Business Show. This is a big deal here. When I'm not playing the part of super host of the Monkey Business Show... I run a company called You Lucky Dog Productions. I work with comedians, and we put out comedy albums. That's the the gist of what we do there, uh, getting into more podcasts and stuff. But this isn't about You Lucky Dog Productions. This is about the man we're about to bring on the show here, a comedian that goes by the name of Brett Raybould. If you want to bring him on, Eric, you can go ahead and bring him on anytime. There he is. Hey, oh, I see him. There he is. <laughs> There he is. He dressed up for this. He dressed up for this. Very nice. I'm I'm live. You're live, You're live baby. Live. Hey, I'm live. I put the tux on to be on the show. Holy How are we doing, bro? That is awesome. Hey, Maybe we Brett. should all get those outfits. Yeah. You know, the, ne- the next right. time you come on, we could be like the Temptations. Bro. That's right. <laughs> That's not a bad so idea. I went, my my first, I went to my first comedy show. Many years ago, yeah. uh, at uh, I don't even know if it's around anymore. Dangerfields, remember Dangerfields in the in the city? Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine uh, made the mistake of heckling a comedian, mm-hmm. and I've never seen anything like it. Eviscerated for for a half an hour, like we, oh, and I learned a valuable lesson: never, ever, ever even make eye contact with the comedian. Like, don't, <laughs> don't heckle <laughs> the right ones. However, however, when a comedian comes asking for money, we can heckle him. Hey, hey, I, you guys know what this is. I ain't asking for money. All I'm doing is providing a potential lucrative investment opportunity. Right. You sound like you're well versed in Wall Street already. That's right. Oh, incredibly. <laughs> Let's set this up properly. Brett, you're coming out with an album. Brett Raybould retires from comedy. It was his mm-hmm. final swan song as a comedian. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. We'll see. But you are trying to, you know, keep the career going in other ways. And part yeah. of that is to basically become the first ever publicly traded comedian on the stock market. Do I have that right? That is correct. I am seeking to become the world's first publicly traded comedian. Now, as I'm sure you guys are aware, I did not make enough money to qualify to be on the NASDAQ. Shockingly, 
I know. It surprised me when I looked up their minimum requirements. Aaron, so, Aaron kept it all? Yeah, Aaron. <laughs> you know, you can't trust you can't trust these uh these record executives, my friend. You know, you know how they are. They're shysters. Shady, shady yeah. business. He, he took my millions. I'm like I'm like Paul McCartney and the Beatles. He stole so much from me. Yeah. <laughs> the, Al- the Alan Klein of comedy. Yeah, you got it. Very good. So, so, so what did I do? So rather than feel defeated and go, <laughs> oh, I can't qualify, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna launch my own trading platform. So that's why I'd like to introduce you guys to a trading platform that is called BrettTrade.com. It's a real functioning trading platform. I will be uh, selling shares of Brettcoin and <laughs> to start uh, on BrettTrade, uh, <laughs> BrettTrade.com. We're doing it. Yeah, it's not live yet at the moment of us recording this podcast. I believe when this comes out, it will be live. To start, uh, we're doing an IBO, an initial Brett offering. Of, um, so it's 100,000 shares valued at 50 cents a share, putting my market cap at $50,000, which is a steal. That, that is a good deal. It's a good. steal. It's a steal. So, Do I get a t-shirt for, if I invest early? Thank you for asking. So our valued shareholders, what do they get? Our mm-hmm. valued shareholders will get, uh, we're instituting a policy called shareholders laugh free, that is, uh, whenever I am touring, if I'm in a city near you, you are allowed to come to the show for free if you invest. Secondly, uh, us executives at Bread Trade will be looking into issuing an annual dividend. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I must be clear, it depends on the type of year we have. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of you are aware it's, it's, te- it's trended toward being a down year for comedians. Uh, given the limited, limited touring. However, I have been on unemployment. So one could argue <laughs> that the financial fall has been cushioned. Um, and is that a mason jar? Uh, what are you what drinking out of the mason jar? We got to drink it out of a water mason jar. Like moon, moonshine. I know I'm in a tux and I look like I should be having a glass of red wine, but, um, yeah. bourbon, but bourbon. I, I'm bur- bourbon. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. And uh, That's what we drink on Wall Street. Is that is that the drink of choice on Wall yeah, Street? Yeah. And so when you guys have like uh you know exec meetings or what? Yeah, bourbon, cigar, all the stuff yeah. you see in the movies. See, I'm a cup of water and some laffy taffy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eric, what are your initial feelings on this uh, initial yeah, public? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, um, I think that uh, you're offering it too cheap. You think oh. so? Yeah. Look. So we've been doing all research here, and we're trying to figure out the best the best thing for you, Brett. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a uh, there's a new it's not a new fad that's going on in Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an old fad, but now they've exploded. There's about eighty billion of them have been done in the last six months, mm-hmm. and they're called special purpose acquisition companies. Now, and Goldman Sachs is involved. So I just want to warn you, warn everybody. When you hear the words in the same sentence or paragraph, special purpose and Goldman Sachs, or even in the same paragraph, run. Because you yeah, grab your wallet. Yeah, you're going to lose an eye and, and, and a couple of fingers. Really? But so what these guys do, um, and there's some very, very famous you know, investors that are doing these, is they issue a, what's – they do an IPO where you buy into their – they're also called blank check companies. So if it's a famous investor like Bill Ackman at Pershing Square, he raised a $4 billion 
blank check public company. So people buy in. And the idea is that now he has that money ready to go to take private businesses and bring them public. And it's great in these environments for them because it's tough to issue an initial public offering or an initial bread offering. Um, Thank you. When, Please get the lingo right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it sounds like when, we may not have a when, shareholder here. I'm not hearing a lot of confidence. <laughs> yeah. I, I, am, I, I'm I, haven't the, I haven't gotten to the good part yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. so anyway, so that this enables, it makes it a lot easier to do an initial bread offering if you've already got the money and people are right. Like when they, when they invest in your this, the blank check company, they are kind of, they kind of have an idea what you're going to invest in. So we see no problem bringing Brett into that mix of this is what we're going to invest your $10 million in. Not yeah, not 50000 When is your first uh, Netflix um, special coming out? So, uh, you know, and as in conjunction with the release with You Lucky Dog Productions, who's putting out the comedy album, there mm-hmm. is an hour special that will probably at the time this podcast is out will be available now. Speaking honestly, I turned down offers I had to go with bigger distributors because I thought it was best to just own it yourself, especially in the long arc of my career. So I'm actually putting that hour special on uh, on YouTube, just on my YouTube channel, which is Brett Rabel, my name, Brett with one T. Richie, what do you when, think um, about him taking that gamble and betting on himself? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Now, to, to explain it further a little bit, Brett, yeah. These blank check companies, the investor kind of knows, has an idea what the company is going to invest in, mm-hmm. but there is no obligation for the company to invest in anything other than what they want. So you're kind of taking a big leap of faith. So, so we could go out and say, for example, this is going to be Brett Rabel, and we're, we, you will own a piece of the company that is Brett. Yeah. But we can expand to other things. So, for example, what's the place? So we'll raise like 10 million bucks, right? Maybe 20 million, maybe more, maybe a billion, it's right? A decent, right? Starting yeah. decent starting point. Decent starting point. Yeah. I think I'll yeah. raise anywhere from 50K to, yeah, four or five billion. Conservative. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> nice range. Nice range. We yeah. can go out with that. But so, for example, how about what's the place? You know, I know like musicians always wanted to get the Carnegie Hall. What's the arena that Brett would love to do a comedy show at? Always wanted to, needs to. So, uh, you know, I love the Conestoga Inn and Restaurant in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, frequent performer. Is that, at that near the f- Tic Tac Lounge? <laughs> Pretty the- much is the 50-person venue. Now, I mean, can I interrupt for one second? Yeah. There's a fatal flaw that you have right now. What's that? My tux is shitty? Stop being honest. Okay. <laughs> Stop that. Like cut that shit out. You got a you got a Netflix thing. It's always possible there's a Netflix special coming out. It's always possible that you can play the big room and wait, what, so, what's the big what's the big room in comedy where you're gonna be playing every Saturday night me- for the next ten minutes? Let me say a couple things, because I do agree with you. And I mean, I don't want to lecture you guys on the stock market, but as we all know, you know, buy the rumor, sell the news. So <laughs> so if you want to know what the honest appraisal of where my ultimate life goal would be to perform, it realistically probably would be a Carnegie Hall type of situation. Do yeah. I think I'm going to be there in the next two to four weeks? It's mm-hmm. possible. 
Well, I'll um, tell you what. Like you said, it- <laughs> this this was my idea, right? So Go ahead. we raise a billion dollars. We yep. buy fucking Carnegie Hall. Now it's yours. Whoa. Right. And we call it Brett's bitch or something. Whoa. Whatever you want. <laughs> and you tell people, you tell people who, who can perform there. And if you want to step on somebody's toes, you're in. It's your place. That's how Listen, this shit works, dude. I didn't know this is going to be such a lucrative and attractive offer. I would love to buy Carnegie Hall with you gentlemen. <laughs> and, and, and it's endless. It's endless. Do you know any young comedians coming out? Guys uh, really like I, I think they would love them. We buy them. We, we buy them. them. We own them. We, they, yeah, they're part. They're Brett's bitches. Um, oh, bitches. Fuck, fuck classical music. Fuck classical music concerts and all this other bullshit. Yeah, you work for me. Party Hall is a comedy store now. And, and, and we'll do none of this bullshit uh, like credit card stuff to pay for tickets. It's all like, what do you guys use these days? Venmo or some shit? That cash yeah. comes right there. So when the guy finishes, if he sucks, you put the money in your pocket and tell him he sucks. There's He's the good. You give them a little extra, you know? That's there's how the app works. we're going to build. The, yeah, there's, there's the bread app we're going to build right there. Yeah. That's worth at least a few few million, 10 So this or? is – so it's a great point. Honestly, Brett Trade as a platform, I am the first publicly traded comedian. I don't intend to be the last. So, you know, it is possible there's market expansion with allowing other comedians to publicly proffer their services and their, their talents, not to mention other entertainers. This is a real platform, my friends. There yeah. you go. Everybody's <laughs> clicking. Everybody's <laughs> the Rolling Stones never played Carnegie Hall before. They haven't? You, you can invite them. You can, it's, it's your right. place. You <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, you want to come forward? You want to be Brent's you, bitches? You them. They, Mick Jagger. They open for you. They open for you. That's right. I like that. I like Play four songs, Mick. Get off the fucking stage. I got you. I like it. Lighting, <laughs> giving Mick Jagger the light is yeah. a, a hilarious <laughs> way to go. Eh, you're yeah. going too long, buddy. And what can he say? It's your your place. You own it. If I may vouch for Brett for a minute, he's a Go. multifaceted performer. Not only is he a comedian, but he's also a jazz singer. Whoa. And already so has. You didn't, you didn't tell us this. I, this, I, is a new, I, this is a new thing. Got to keep your cards it's close true. to your chest sometimes. But he already yeah. has a platinum album out called Brett Buble. This is 100% real. On oh, I, you know what? I didn't click that one on your on your site, you know, because we do do research sometimes. Good. Um, You went to brettrabel.com. Oh, of course. And I like the one with you and your brother in New York. That was that was good. Oh, the New Yorkers. Thank you. Yeah. Real New York. That was a a really good authentic. I saw that blue blade thing and I was kind of surprised. I didn't know what that meant, but that was going to be the next one I clicked. So you sing with him. So, uh, you know, I didn't actually sing with Michael Bublé. I'll be honest, mm. I, that was a jazz record I recorded. Um, and, you know, part of my retirement from comedy was so that I could pursue a career in jazz singing because it's just something I've had a natural kind of once in a generation talent for. So I, re- I never reached out to Michael Bublé. I, frankly, I just didn't think he was talented enough to be on the record. Um, <laughs> And it's something Aaron and I have discussed. If you listen to Brett on Buble, it is available now on Spotify. It's also for sale on vinyl. If you go to Brett on Buble.com, how much? Uh, $20 a vinyl. And I tell you what, if you're having marital problems, turn this record on and your <laughs> wife will be so turned on. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I didn't think Buble was worth it. And here's why. If you listen to Brett on Buble, are they covers of Michael Bublé songs? Well, they were. They were covers because my versions of the songs, they're so good. They're so iconic. 
that I now argue that they classify as the definitive version and Mm -hmm. that all other previously recorded versions are now covers of me. So in effect, all of Michael Boulay's previous albums are actually covers of me. Aaron, do do we have time for an aside? Because maybe we we want to get Boulay with Brett. And I actually met the fellow. You met him. Oh, I met him. I met him. I was at a conference, believe it or not. Yeah. For a my personal holdings, not corporate holdings, personal yeah. holdings of a mutual fund. So we're talking about finance here, right? Yeah. So he's sitting on stage because I picked the there were three choices at this conference. Mm-hmm. It was comedians, American standards, and then uh, more modern. So I picked the more modern. They okay, don't cool. tell you it's a special thing for all the investors. They held it. Not at Carnegie Hall, but at Lincoln Center, another good place. Is this like a no, wedding invitation where they ask you if you want fish or meat? <laughs> it was like that, yes. <laughs> it was like they gave you lunch. They gave you lunch. Right? Yeah. You want a so comedian? So we sit or? down, and it's, it's one-third of the conference, right, that picked this character, and it's Michael Bublé. Mm. And he's up on stage. And the first thing he says, which means, which I really think because of this, he really belongs with us. He says, hey, you people. This is exactly what he says. Hey, you people, you know who the comedians are going to this thing that are in the other room that are sold out? Steve Martin and Martin Short. Boy, are you stupid? That's what he says, right? Mm -hmm. And he goes, you know who's in the American Standards room over here? It's Lady Gaga with Tony Bennett. You see people get up. Like they got up. People actually got up to like go. And he's like, it's sold out, bro. You're not getting in. You're stuck with me. And then he starts to tell a story about how, like, first thing he says is, man, it's noon. He goes, normally I'm, like, getting home at noon. He goes, playing in front of a bunch of fucking rich people. What what, what the hell? And then he just piles in. I bought, it was Christmas time. It was, like, yeah. late November, I think. I went out. The first thing I did was bought his Christmas album. I, I wasn't even a fan. <laughs> and then... And I was like, this is my man. So he right. fits with us. My my wheels He's, are spinning here. I, I think I might yeah. have an idea here just to bolster this initial public offering. Yeah. Uh, uh, IBO, excuse me. Just correct. Excuse me. Remember, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So um, I, I remember when I remember when Richie was it was David Bowie, right? David Bowie was the first artist to basically securitize his royalties. Wall Street came in and they took all the future royalties that or a percentage that David Bowie was going to make. And this is in the early nineties and they, they made bonds out of it. People actually bought in and took his, you know, a, a piece of his royalties and he got paid up front. Right. So what he gets is something, a big check up front. So I can yeah. see us getting oh, this in this situation. We got to well. come in with a but big check to play is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. But, but back then, you know, everyone thought that was crazy. Now it, it's done all the time. Sure. So, so we get a big check to Buble, right? Yeah. We get him to do an album called Buble on Brett, where he covers Brett's comedy album. Oh, yeah. Now we're going somewhere. Okay. Okay. So we got Brett on Buble and we got Buble on Brett. And it's basically a battle to see who is best in the other person's arena. That's Never fantastic. been done before. It's a great idea, and uh, I, I'll, I'm willing to stoop to do this uh, and help his career out. Um, if <laughs> uh, you know, I'm willing to pitch in for him to maybe get his career going. Put a bug in his ear, Richie. 
Yeah, I'm going to reach out to my people. I tell you what, honestly, Richie, reach out to your people. Uh, my comedy special is coming out in a few weeks. It's a, uh, I tell you what, it's a, it's a razzle-dazzle good time. Absolutely. You will find in the hour special, and this is why you actually should invest in me as a comedian. First off, let's be real here. I am genuinely better than where I am currently valued at as a comic. It's actually just true. I'm doing something original and different and a little bit out there, but still enough traditional and classical to get people who don't like the absurdism in the door, too. Second off, here's on the special. You watch me retire from stand-up comedy. You guys have a little bit of the primer. It's the only stand-up special in existence that has a spoiler. Why did I retire? You guys kind of got the spoiler. Other people don't. So they're going to watch a dude do 50 minutes of great stand-up, and then retire, and then, as you all know, come out and perform two live jazz numbers with a live jazz saxophonist. So, all this to say, send the special and the album to your people, and I'll tell you what, we will make this thing be a holiday phenomenon. It will be. We're, we're going to make it a holiday phenomenon. I, I got a lot of boondoggles up in here to make this thing pop. You think I'm just launching Brett trade because I want to do it? No, I'm trying to direct people to the special. And why am I doing it? Yeah. And to my album. And why am I doing it? I'm doing it out of the grace of my heart because they deserve to watch it. It's true. You know? Now, Brett, what you've, yeah. look, look at where you've come from. You started yeah. the show valuing yourself at 50 grand. Now you got specials, you got record deals, you got Carnegie, you got all kinds. You're worth, Richie, what, do you, what would you value them now? 52, oh, 53? I would, I would have to say uh, millions. millions. Hundreds of millions. Listen, Already. this is what it is. I actually am a pretty speculative pick with some long-term potential. Absolutely. Think about it. No I have a spe- special coming out. These like jazz things, maybe they go viral. It's I'm a short-term spec. I have short-term uh, what's the word like accelerated volatility, but then with long-term safety, because I ain't ever going to stop doing this. So this is the ground floor. I am at the start of my career. Do you think I will go become more successful than where I am now? Probably because I can't get any less successful. So it's a good reason to invest. That's true. 50 K is not a lot. Uh-huh. I kept it honestly straight up and a little bit real. Yeah. And make no mistake, I will, if I need to, do you know more uh, offerings. I don't want to dilute the shares too much because I value my shareholders deeply. But if I got to do another offering to make this movie of a script, my good friend Christian Duran, who, uh, by the way, has also signed to You Lucky Dog Productions, so Aaron is you know screwing him as well. There's a mogul. <laughs> he's, he's a mogul. I mean, he's a bit of a shyster, but, you know, he's a yeah, mogul. Oh, most moguls are. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> But this is this is a good investment. I genuinely believe it is. So, Brett, after you retire, yeah, you know, maybe we keep it so that people can't um, bring cell phones or anything like that. Mm. But if, I don't know if you've ever heard uh, about an IPO or an IBO. There's something called the road show. So back okay. in the old days when people could meet in rooms, yeah. that may come to pass someday soon. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow if right. we announce the new president, right? That could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a great idea might be, yeah. you know, you do a little uh, stand up in the road show. So like if we're at like some very important meeting with a big investor and we're trying to pitch the deal. So you're sitting there with, uh, let's say, like 
Fidelity, one of those big guys who, who might write a check for 50 million bucks. You come with your best. They might material. be. I, I don't want to cut you off. They might be too small for me, but go on. That's true. That's true. Well, well we can ask for more. Yeah. So and then you, you definitely heckle the CEO, the most important person in the room that's going to make the decision on whether or not to invest. And I think we have a really good recipe for success. When you ever sat there and you were on Wall Street and you watched, like, how do these guys somehow take a billion dollars of horseshit and make it gold, get people to – you're seeing how it's done now, right? You see, yep. right? Yep. Throw honesty out the window. Take, you know, like you go from playing the, the steakhouse in Pennsylvania to, to Carnegie Hall. Owning the Carnegie we got licensing owning, deals. Owning. We got all kinds of shit. Like yeah, this, is how, this is how it works. This is how it works, dude. This is how it works. We'll take your soul. My soul is for sale. And this is something I do want to, for you and your listeners to hear. Not only is Brett trade, uh, you know, I will I be the first publicly traded comedian, but one of the things that requires is I will, I'm looking into having a board of directors. I think it's very important to have a board. Very important. Very important. So, uh, you know, I don't have the email just yet, but send uh, brettrabel at gmail.com, Brett with one T, uh, you know, a resume and a justification for why you think you deserve to be on the board. Also, Brett Trade uh, with two T's in the middle there, B-R-E-T-T-R-A-D-E at gmail.com. We're going to be taking applications for a board of directors. I think both of you guys, I mean, you guys are good candidates. They show promise, Can't make right? any promises. I don't believe in nepotism, but, you know. Thank you. Think of all the people we could ask, you know, through your connections, through our connections. We'd have one of the most eclectic board of directors that the world has ever seen, probably, <laughs> which true. could propel the stock price even higher. Right. People want to be involved if they see that, you know, guys are all involved and, and everybody's famous or has some sort of angle as to why to be, why they want to be on the board. Like Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is a great example. That's a great example. Hunter Biden. He's welcome. I'd like to help him have a, uh, you know, a uh, reputation tour. And this could be part of reforming his <laughs> reputation uh, is joining uh, the bread trade board of directors. Love it. Love it. For real, though, you if you hear all this, is there part of you when it comes out that you go, you know what? I might buy. I might buy 50 shares, 25 bucks. Come on. <laughs> I think I, I think I would. Yeah, I would definitely this, do. It. Yeah. All right. If you made like the old time, like in the old days, nowadays yeah. it's boring. They just do it online. But in yeah. the old days, you'd actually get a stock certificate. Like you'd have a piece of paper that said, I own X amount of shares. And people would like put them in their like safes and, and stuff at home. But I would, I would actually mine. I would like hang it up on the wall, like in a frame. With you wearing that tux. You, yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Take down maybe, a, you know, family photos or one of your degrees. Oh, yeah. And, no, it'd be, uh, it'd be at the front door every time I left the house. That's, that's good. I prefer, you know, the mantle centerpiece. Yeah. And I would like pat it on the head. <laughs> Brett, when do you when do you anticipate the IBO being ready? So IBO should be ready. The special's coming out November 23rd, and the IBO should be ready about a week, week and a half before that. November 14th oh, is right. a rough date. And, you know, I wanted to tell you what our, our tagline uh, for BrettTrade.com is, uh, put your money where my mouth is. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is a good one. And I realized a pretty adept way of describing this, uh, I guess, stock trading platform. You know what I am? Wow. I'm the laughing stock of Wall Street. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's what I am. I'm the laughing stock of Wall oh, Street. That is. 
Your That's market cap just went up another 10%. <laughs> Honestly, though, if you think I suck, if either of you guys think my comedy stinks, hey, that's okay. But I, I, here's what I tell you to do. Then why don't you short the stock? If you think I stink, short the stock. I have a market. Just before you came on here, yeah. Aaron admonished me for going against principles. But one of the stocks I recommended selling was Tesla. today. Mm, I heard that. Yeah. I did. Hear well, that's that. controversial. That's controversial. That's that is controversial. And yeah, that's, that's part and parcel. Why I don't necessarily see myself or Brett coin. I'm not, I'm not as much of a comedian as I am more of a tech company. Mm-hmm. So, um, I see myself as a tech company and, and, and I, that, I, I say that for investment purposes. And that's a good point too. If we want to get down that road with Brett coin, mm-hmm. uh, people could only pay in Brett coin to your, to your, uh, events. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> That's oh, that's how, and then and then we become the we we own we replace every, the dollar. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a conglomerate. Yeah. 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 Oh, endless. Pretty the soon. possibilities are endless. You're going to be buying TVs and you know ordering Anything. with Breitcoin. That's it. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to be on the lookout for all of this. There's a lot happening. I think we're definitely going to need an update. What happens when the IBO goes public, and um, you know how you can get involved. You can go to Brett Raybould. Dot com. Is this where I do the plugs? Do the plugs, baby. Do the plugs. BrettRabel.com is where is my general website. Uh, BrettTrade.com if you're looking to invest. Uh, B-R-E-T and then trade. Uh, we also have BrettOnBublé.com if you're looking to pick up a sultry jazz record for the Bublé fans in your life. Of course, I'm better than him. And follow me on YouTube. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Go to my Instagram, at BrettRabel. We got an hour special. The kids are going to love it. The folks are going to love it. Let's take over Christmas. Hey, gentlemen. We're coming from Mariah Carey as well. That's right. I'm, I intend to, you know, when I when I debuted my jazz record last year, I debuted at number 34 on jazz, just below Harry Connick Jr. And uh, I forget who I was above. But, it, you know, it, it lit a fire in my heart because I thought I made a number one album. And I don't think it's stories done being told yet. And that's why I think this Christmas, maybe, just maybe with your help and the help of uh, a re-release. A re-release. It's a re-release. There re-master. probably will be a Bretta Mouble remastered or deluxe edition yeah. with some album outtakes, some bloopers, some B-roll right. tracks. There's there's uh, so many stories. There's so many stories of success with re-releases over the years. Yeah. So that so can happen. Keep an eye out, my friends. And I, you know, I just want to say I really appreciate you guys giving me the space and the platform to talk about this. Excellent. We had a great Excellent. time. We look forward to making lots of money together. Hey, honestly, guys, had a blast. That was great. Oh, last thing. Here's the last joke. You ready? Yeah. Ready. I never said it. You go, Brett Coin, you want to know my stock ticker is? What? Enron. (laughs) (laughs) Swear to God, that's the stock ticker. N-R-O-N. And if you want to know why is it Enron? Well, I developed the platform with my buddy Ron, and he's a super trustworthy guy. So <laughs> All right, guys. All With right, that one, I'm time. out. The laughing stock of comedy, Brett Rabel. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate <laughs> it. Right. Cheers, guys. I'm out. Cheers. God bless. Cheers. Thanks, Cheers. Oh man. Well, I, I think we got oh, a hot star good. in the stock market right there, fellas. That's good. You see how we work there, though. Fifty grand. The guys. He's worth probably a hundred, a hundred million dollars at least right now. They yeah. haven't even gone public. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys were there to prop him up because he was definitely undervaluing himself. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking, you know, R- Richie, uh, 
Richie's a professional trader. And, um, you know, just on a little more of a serious note for the uh, for the kids listening out there, the, the young traders. Remember, we were talking a little after the show last time about trading discipline, about, yeah. you know, and it's the same. And, and Richie's also a very good poker player. Now, you know, I haven't said I'm a bad player and a bad poker player. I, you know, I'm a bad trader and a bad poker player. Richie's a very good one. And the biggest mistake I think he could do, and this is what most I call myself a bad trader because I hold on to my, I get, I cash in my winners too early and I hold on to my losers too long. And that, that's human nature. If you're going to be out there buying and selling stocks, it's very important to understand that. And Richie, maybe you could just expound on that a little bit. Well, there is an old saying and it, it rings true and it, I didn't make it up. You didn't make it up. It's hundred years old. It was keep your winners sell your losers. Very simple. And and people say, say that, hear it, live it, and don't do it. Right? It, it just gets too emotional. Like, I know I was right about buying the stock. And then where you get in real trouble is they double down, or what we like to call a Texas hedge. So you buy a stock at 10, you're like, oh, it's going to 20, no doubt, no doubt. Drops to five. Uh, I'm going to buy some more because now I'm averaging lower price because I'll buy it at five, and now I'm averaged at seven and a half, and it's definitely going to 20. This sounds and like everything I did when I was dipping my toe in a little TD Ameritrade account a couple of years ago. There you go. <laughs> this is the, this is the, when you, when someone, see, here's why on a good Wall Street trading desk, a good one, there's a lot of bad ones, but a good one has a head trader. And that guy or gal's job is to walk around to each one of the traders and, you have a position, right? The position's lost, is losing money. And they make you defend your trade. They mm-hmm. say, why, why are you still on the trade? And if you say, because I really think X, Y, and Z, you can defend it. I'm in the trade. The head trader may say, well, then you should buy more. It's lower, buy more. I, I agree with you. I'll, go, I'll underwrite that. But if the answer is, and this is the 90% of the answer is, well, I'm already down, you know, 500 grand on this and that you don't think about and that's where a lot of stock traders make mistakes where they go all right i'm already down a lock in a loss it's like well if if you were wrong about your decision to buy that stock and where everybody's wrong plenty of times you cut your losses cut the loss get out and the same thing is you know you buy something for 100 and let's say you said your target was 130 and it goes quickly up to 115, 120. And, you, and, and you're ready to sell it because I got money in this thing now. But your thought was that this thing's going to 130. So why are you getting out now? It should be going higher. You should stay, do you still have the same conviction as you had when you bought it at 100? And the reason that we say this is because when you start adding up all these mistakes, you could be right. You could literally be right 60% of the time, 65% of the time, which is awesome. That's great stock picking or trade picking. But holding the losers too long and selling the winners too early eats into that. And the next thing you know, you're you're a net loser. When you look at it over a longer period of time, you end up not making a lot of money or you end up losing money because of that, even if you really know what you're doing as far as what to buy and what and what to sell. And the one caveat, we talked about it last time, but a lot of times I'll use this. I do use this principle, especially if I'm trading options, not just stocks. Um, 
if I double my money, not, not every time, but you know, generally speaking, I would say 90% of the time, unless I have a compelling reason to not, if I double my money in a trade, I will sell half of that trade. And what does that do? So if I buy a hundred shares, let's say at 10 bucks, it goes, that's a thousand dollars. It goes to 20 bucks. If I sell 50, guess what? I just put a thousand bucks in my pocket. What did I start with? A thousand. Right. So breaking, now, breaking even is the worst you could do. Ex- exactly. And now you still have 50 shares and you're still in the trade and you're like, go to a, go to a zillion. I'll never sell this thing. Go, to, you know, go, go ahead. This, this thing is running and I don't care where it goes now because I do care, but I, I've put my money in my pocket. And now I can't lose losses, right? You limited your losses without, without having to pay for it, right? You don't have to buy any protection, an option, or something like that. But you 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 put you put it in, and now your cost basis, you're you're done. You've yep. you've covered your cost. So exactly. we think that's really important. Um, and uh, you know, again, that plenty of experienced traders make these common mistakes, and that's why there's so very very few good ones. But this is your chance to be to be a good one. And then these are simple rules that just put them up on the wall, put them wherever you look all the time, and remember them when you're out there trading. For Richie and Eric, I'm Aaron signing off on this week's episode of Monkey Business. Monkey Business.